Uh, this message is called Man on the Run. And we are looking at five stages in the life of Jonah. If you want to follow along inside your worship program are the sermon notes. And you can uh, fill in the little blanks there. Write down uh, um, those profundities that I will give you. I'm sure are very profound things that will help you through life. I really hope to do that. Um, these five stages started a couple of weeks ago, and we looked at the first stage, which was God's declaration. Let me just say something about the book of Jonah, and I said it last week. I want to remind you about that again. The book of Jonah gives, gives us some insight about God that no other book in the Bible gives. And I think God does stuff like that on purpose so that you will study the whole Bible. All of the Bible, please don't uh, focus in just on those books and chapters and passages and verses that you like and that are your favorites. <clears throat> we all have favorites. I have favorite places in the Bible that I go to over and over and over. But the, um, the problem with that is that it is, um, you can get an imbalanced view of things, so you have to study the whole Bible and I would encourage you to get into some of those books that you've kind of always thought were kind of out there, weird maybe. You know, Zechariah and Zephaniah and Obadiah and Habakkuk. And, I mean, who would name their kid Habakkuk? You've got to read that and check it out. I've got to tell you, Habakkuk's one of the most exciting books in the Bible. Some great, great word uh, over there. So just because those books are small does not mean that those books are unimportant. They're just as important as the bigger books of the Bible. So it's important that you study all of it. So uh, Jonah, the book of Jonah, gives us insight about God again that's uh, clearer and uh, goes into more detail about who God is, his character, how he handles things, how, uh, how God ministers and, and how God uh, leads and, and directs. So you want to read the book of Jonah on your own. Because we're really not doing an in-depth study, obviously. We're just doing, we're hitting some highlights in the book. You could actually, and I know this may be hard for you to believe, but you could actually do a, a whole year study on just the book of Jonah and all of the things that he says and, and does in that book. So we looked at God's declaration. It's very important for you to understand that God declared his will over Jonah. God made a declaration over the life of Jonah. And God has made a declaration over your life. God has a will, a calling, and a purpose for you just as he had for Jonah. So it is important for you to realize that. Now, after this series, we're going to get into a series entitled Take the Plunge into Ministry. Take the Plunge into Service. And we'll have our ministry fair for a couple of Sundays, and it'll be back in the overflow. And uh, you'll be able to go back there in a few weeks, and you'll be able to meet our ministry directors and you'll be able to sign up to uh, get more information or sign up to volunteer or sign up to get involved. Maybe you're a new family here and uh, you have children who are Royal Ranger age or, or Impact Girls Club age or Encounter Student Ministry age and your kids just haven't gotten involved, well, that's going to give you a chance to meet our leaders in those areas, talk to them, maybe even set up an appointment to meet them and get details about how those ministries work. 
and get your children involved. But what we hope you'll do is not only get your children we hope that you will volunteer. God has a gift for you. God has a gift in you. It's like a seed in you. There is a talent, an ability, a um, divine enablement that he has placed in you. And you will stand before him one day, and I don't say this to manipulate you or to scare you, but you will stand before him one day, and he will ask you, what did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with the gift? You see, it isn't enough just to come to church and give your heart to the Lord and, and just sit on the pew. God wants you to find out how you can help build the kingdom. And I say all that to remind you that's exactly what he's doing here with Jonah. He is declaring a purpose in Jonah's life, a calling, and God has that for you as well. Let's read Jonah's declaration, or God's declaration to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, and here it is, Arise, and God's calling on us to arise. Go to Nineveh, and God's calling on us to go and cry out against that city, for their wickedness has come up before me. The second stage in Jonah's life was Jonah's hesitation. And hesitation is very dangerous. Now, I want you to follow my line of thinking right here. Hesitation doesn't always lead to sin. Hesitation doesn't always lead to running from God. But when a person runs from God or a person does commit a sin, you can find hesitation at the root of it. And so hesitation is very important. And I want you to think about that as it relates to your life. He said, I want you to arise, Jonah, and I want you to go to Nineveh. Well, in chapter 1 and verse 3, Jonah did arise, but he arose to flee, not to God, but from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it. You know, I think it's interesting that when Jonah decided to run from God, he paid and he went down. When you decide to run from God, you're going to pay and you're going to go down. And so it says he, uh, again, that he, he tried to get away from the presence of the Lord. So I want you to look at your life this morning as it relates to God speaking to your heart or leading you. Are you feeling a, a pull toward a ministry or feeling a pull or a calling or, or this little nagging feeling that you're supposed to be involved? You're, you're supposed to be blessing someone else. And I know there is a time when maybe you're a brand new Christian, that you are more on the receiving end because you're growing and developing. And you'll always be on the receiving end in a sense because we're always growing and we're always developing. But you do not have to be a mature, strong Christian to find a place of service and to do the Lord's will. And so God is calling us here um, to to come toward him, to not go away from him, but to come toward him and find a place to serve him. And then stage three, we began talking about that last week. We're going to conclude, it, conclude this third stage today. And that's Jonah's deterioration. And um, he started to go away from God. He paid his fare. He went down to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And here, verse 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. So Jonah's life begins to unravel. 
Jonah's life begins to come apart because he's running from God. And that happens to all of us. I've been there. I've run from God even as a pastor. When I felt God wanted me to do something or God was calling me to, to take a step that usually uh, was some kind of change in the church that was going to make the church more effective, I resisted change. And, and I knew I would get opposition when I brought a, that change idea up. And, and so I've, I've been there and I've hesitated when God called me to do stuff. And, and I've tried to really avoid it and say, well, that's just me, that isn't God. When I knew in my heart it was God. And, and after a while, just things begin to unravel. And finally, I would say, Lord, I give up. I know you want me to do this. And I've been trying to run from it. And I'm sorry. Uh, we pay when we, um, when we run from God. We talked about this last week. We pay emotionally. We pay physically. We pay spiritually. And then we talked about three things that all runners do under this third stage. And first of all, we found out that people who run from God always run to the most dangerous places. We talked about it in detail last week. They run to the most self-destructive places. And as I've already said, number two, people who run, eventually their life just begins to unravel and deteriorate, and they slowly self-destruct. Here's the one we want to talk about today. The third thing that all runners do all people who run from God is they, and they don't realize it, and a lot of times they don't even think about it. When they begin to run from God, they think it's only going to affect them. They'll even make statements like, hey man, this is just between me and God. Actually, it isn't just between you and God. Because when you decide to run from God, those people who are in close proximity to you those people who are near you in life are going to be hurt by your running. Innocent people are going to be hurt when you decide to run from God. When you decide to rebel against His will, it affects everyone who's close to you. In verse 12, the Bible tells us that the storm got worse. The ship was about to crash and Jonah says to his fellow sailors, look at what Jonah says, Jonah realized this. Jonah didn't resist this truth. Look what he says. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Look what Jonah's saying. My fault that you suffer. My fault that you are going through this. When you decide to run, from the calling of God in your life. When you decide to, and remember what we talked about the other week, holistic running says, I don't want God in my life at all. I don't want church in my life. I don't want the Bible in my life. I don't want anybody telling me what to do as it relates to my spiritual life. So I don't want any of that. That's holistic running. That means you're just running in from God, period, in every part of your life. But then some of you are believers and you have received Christ as your personal savior. Yet God has called you to do something specific as a Christian and you're running in that specific area. So there can be a holistic running from God and there can also be a very specific running from God. And it's very important to understand and know and see the difference. Look at our society. Look at society around us. When other people run from God, they blow it in terms of crime. Just think about all the crime. You pick up your newspaper, I pick up mine, we turn the news on. Crime is everywhere. Crime is everywhere. And most of the time, at the root of that crime is, is drug abuse. 
or alcoholism. And we see that. And, uh, and guys, I want you to know that the stuff you buy at the store costs you a whole lot more because people run from God. I'm telling you that the products you buy when you go to Target, the products you buy when you go to a food line or when you go to a Walmart or wherever you go, the price of those items have to be increased to pay for very expensive security. Uh, they they uh, check you out coming in and they checking you out when you go out. And they're, they got little... Uh, often tags and things that are on the product so that if you go through the door, it starts beeping. And people who run from God cost you money. People who run from God cost you in a lot of ways. They, they cost you in a, just a sense of security, a sense of well-being. And, and so we pay the bill for that. Hardworking, tax-paying Americans who... who obey the laws of the land and who go by the laws of the land, we end up paying a bill that is caused by other people who run from God. Sometimes the people who are not running from God, actually I feel that I've seen uh, uh, situations where they pay more than the people who are running from God. So, I'll, as, And you say, well, you point that out for what reason, Pastor? Because I don't want you to run. I want you to understand that when God calls you, when God uh, uh, directs your life, if you've gone away from God and he's calling you back to him, and I'll promise you that's happening, uh, but if he's calling you to specific ministry or he's calling you to serve in some way and, and you're resisting that, I want you to know that, that it's going to cause an unraveling in your life and it's going to affect people who are in close proximity with you. Here's the deal. If you live with, date, run around with, hang with, socialize with somebody who's running from God, as their life comes apart, your life too is going to come apart. Let's look at this story. Jonah's on a boat. God's got a purpose in his heart and he's running from it. He's with a bunch of guys he doesn't know. Those guys don't know him either. Seemingly out of nowhere, this storm comes up. The other sailors realize that everyone on this boat's about to lose his life. Now, I want you to listen. So here's what they do to save themselves. Now, they haven't done anything wrong. They're not running from God. Jonah, one man's running from God. So guess what they have to do to save their life? They start throwing cargo over the side. You see, this boat that Jonah was on was a merchandise ship. It wasn't just a passenger ship. As, as a matter of fact, it probably was more of a merchandise ship than a passenger ship. Uh, Jonah just was able to get a ticket and get on there. So they begin to throw their cargo over the side to save their life. This means they're losing money. This means that they have, will have nothing to sell when they get to the port. This means that they're probably going to lose their jobs because this had to happen. It probably means that some of them will go bankrupt. This is hardworking men who only want to feed their families and take care of their families and do the right thing. Yet because they are on this boat with this man who's running, they are losing all of this stuff. That is so precious to them. The loss of their merchandise, their jobs, their personal finances. They're stressed out. Their very life is being threatened. 
All because the only thing they did, listen to me, the only thing these guys did was get in close proximity with a person who's running from God. And it affected their life in a profound way. Hey, moms and dads out there, moms and dads, husbands, wives, I want you to hear what I'm saying to you this morning. And I say this in all love, but I say it because it needs to be said. Because I see it all the time as a pastor. You see it all the time. If you're running from God, your kids are going to be injured. If you're running from God, your children are going to suffer. When your life explodes, the shrapnel from your life is going to injure their life. You say, but it's not their fault. They're innocent, pastor. I realize that. But they're going to be hurt anyway. You say, I know what I'll do. I'll still run from God because i got some more partying I want to do. And, and I'm in a little business deal that's kind of shady and, and all that. And i still got some running I want to do. So what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to pray God will just protect my children from from this, And I, I'm going to just pray that God will cover them and, and that God will take care of them while I'm running. And you can do that all you want to. But ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a principle here. And when a principle is in action and a principle is in motion, you can pray all you want to. But those kids are still going to be affected by your running. I want to say it to you straight up. I want to say it to you right now on Sunday morning so I can avoid having to say it to you in my office over a counseling session while you sit there and tears pour down your face because of the effect your running has had on your children. I'm telling you now, when you decide to run and say, I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing, and I really don't care what the Bible says, and I really don't care what God's calling me to do, I'm telling you right now, you hear me, it's going to hurt your kids. It's going to hurt your children. Let it sink in because this is a principle. Hey, teenagers, I know you were, when I was preaching that, you were going, amen, amen. I'm not going to get you now, so listen up. You know why your parents have a huge reaction when you date certain people or you just start hanging around with certain people and they just have a reaction and you go, oh, come, chill out. Chill out, mom. Good grief. That's over the top reaction. I've heard that one. Because here's why. They understand. Your parents, who you think are the dumbest people on the face of the earth, seemed, uh, uh, they understand that when you start hooking up with people who are running from God, though, listen, the, well, I haven't done anything. Now, I hear that one. I didn't do. They, they are not accusing you of doing anything. They're saying if you hook up, if you run with, if you hang around with, if you get in a relationship with somebody who's running, even though you are innocent, you're going to be hurt when that runner's life explodes. The people who love you, the people who know better, the people who've been there. We've been there. That's one of the reasons we make a big deal. Because, see, we were teenagers one time. I know it's hard to imagine. I know it is. I know when you guys look at me, you're going, you were never a teenager. You've always been 50. I haven't, guys. I actually was a teenager one time. Had a little three-speed Mustang, six-cylinder, with one of those mufflers, loud mufflers on it. It's like a school bus coming down the road. 
I was a teenager. I had an eight-track player, and I didn't have a bracket that would hold it up on the dash, so it kind of slid around in the foot of the car. You know what that is, Eddie? They don't know what it is. You see, these people that you think never were teenagers, they know that though your heart is pure right now, and your heart is right, and you're on course with God, they know that in spite of where you are right now, that if you connect with the wrong person, that you're going to get hurt. And that's why they, that's why they get upset, because see, they see you in danger. You're like, oh man, there's no danger. But see, they see what you don't see. They're a little further down the road. They've seen things. They know things. And they don't want you to be hurt. Um, I grew up in a home where you couldn't go, you couldn't dance. You weren't supposed to dance. How many people grew up where you just weren't supposed to dance, you know? I mean, you could dance. Just don't dance when Jesus comes. Don't be dancing when he gets here. And uh, I remember my mom told me, I'm going to let you go to the prom. And my mom may be here this morning. Mom, I love you. And, but she said, I, I'm going to let you go to the prom, but you, you can't dance. Don't dance. I said, all right. So I went to the prom, and it just overcame me. <laughs> I was out. So I come back. She goes, did you dance? I no, ma'am. I did not dance. And when the annual came out, there was an 8 by 10 glossy. I'm not kidding you. When the annual came out, the whole full page, no border or nothing around the picture. And so mama danced with me. <clears throat> See, this is a principle. It's like high school, it's the principle of the thing, you know. Some of you get that going home, but a principle is something that's always true. It's always true. You can't stop a principle. You can pray that a principle won't happen. You say, you, say, uh, you know, like, you, the, what, here's a principle. You reap what you sow. Well, see, if you sow... And then you go, oh, God, I know I sowed, but Lord, I, I don't want to reap. Too late. Now, I'm going to say something today, and I, I, I don't want you, when I say this, to get some twisted picture of God. But if, you, if you've sown, and then you come to God and make it right, there may still, there will be still some reaping to do, even after you come to God. But let that teach you and let that mature you and let that be a lesson to you as you teach others. That's why we have people come up and testify, you know, people who've come out of drugs and people who've come out of stuff because we want them to say, guys, I am a Christian, but there's still stuff I'm paying for now. Decisions I made back then when I was high that I have to still deal with today. It's a principle. Okay, so people who run from God, how often do they injure others they're close to? Always, always, always. So as we look again at verse 12, it says, you need to get rid of me. Jonah says, you need to get rid of me because it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The storm got worse and worse 
Because Jonah kept running from God. Jonah's running did not only affect him, but it, it affected and threatened the men who were on that boat with him. And finally, those sailors threw him over. And when they threw him over, the storm calmed. Now, I'm done today. This is it. I finished preaching this message today, but I want you to see something with me. Jonah's going down. When we run that little video to... <clears throat> Remind you what our series is on. Those bubbles coming up, that's where we are in the story right now. Jonah is a sinking man. He's going down, down, down. Not because he isn't a Christian. Because in the Old Testament sense of the word, Jonah was a Christian. I mean, God wouldn't call an unbeliever to go preach, would he? So Jonah was a man of God. So see, I want you to understand that I'm not just talking about those who haven't accepted Christ. I'm not just talking about those who are running who haven't yet given their life to Christ. I'm talking to us believers that we can run in specific areas. And What I want to sink in during this series and what I hope will happen is that you will examine yourself and you will say, God, God, I want to be... I want to be completely yours. I want to be completely sold out to you. I want to be completely given over to you. So, Lord, show me any rebellious place in my life. Here's what I want us to do this morning. We've got a little bit of extra time. I want us to come to the altar. Will you do that? Let's all stand together. Just stand together right there where you are and walk up to the altar. And let's have our closing prayer up here this morning. I want you to come in tight and close and let's let everybody get as close as they can this morning. See, here's what we want. We want the free-flowing power and presence and provision of God into our lives. We don't want anything blocking the free flow of God into our lives. I... I tell you this morning, man, when we were praying earlier and I got all weepy, y'all know how I am, I just got to thinking about how much we need him. Oh, man, we just need him. We need him. And when we run from him, we block the flow. When we run from him, we block the flow of his provision. We block the flow of his presence. We block the flow of his power into our life when we run. So I want you to just bow your head with me right now, will you? Let's get real this morning. Let's get honest and say, God, is there some little subtle place in my heart that I haven't even looked at for years and I'm running from you there? Is there a calling? Is there a declaration you have made over my life? And I will not follow that declaration. I mean, God, maybe I'm volunteering and I'm giving my tithe and even beyond my tithe and, and I'm doing a lot of good things, but there's one thing you've spoken into my heart and I know it and you know it and I just haven't done it. God, will you show me that today?
and let me get that taken care of? Is there a Nineveh? Is there a Nineveh that you've called me to, God? If there is a Nineveh that you have called me to and I've not gone, Lord, don't let me get away with it. Because, God, I don't want anything to hinder your power in my life. I don't want anything to hinder your presence in my life. I don't want anything to hinder your provision in my life. God, I give it to you today. I give it to you and I say, yes, yes, I'll go. I'll do it. I will obey. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Guys, I don't want any music. I don't want any music this morning. And we just pray, Father, that you will minister uh, to those who don't know you yet, those who do not know you, those who are running from you and have said, one day I'm going to get saved, one day I'm going to come to Jesus, one day I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart. Guys who are doing that, girls who are doing that, listen to me. Not, all that's going to happen while you wait is more unraveling. More unraveling. You say, well, I've got some things I want to do and I've got some things I want to get taken care of and then I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. Listen, all you're going to do is just keep coming apart. You're just going to keep unraveling. Your life is going to become more and more not what you want it to be the more you run from Him. So today is the day. The Word of God says now is the time to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive my sin. Live in me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I give you my life today. Don't run anymore. Don't run anymore. Let him in. Let him have control. Let him be not just Savior from sin, but Master. Let him be your Master. Let him be your Lord today. I've got to tell you guys, that's where the joy is. That's where the joy is when you surrender to his lordship. That's where the joy is. See, as long as you're trying to hold on to your will with one hand and his will with the other hand, it's just going to be miserable for you. Don't do it. Let go of everything but him and put both arms around him and embrace him with all that you are today. And just whisper a prayer right now. Lord, I do that. I will. Father, teach me how. To make you Lord, teach me how to make you master and Lord of my life. Teach me how to do that and give me the courage and the determination to do it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Those of you who are a guest today, don't forget to pick up your gift bag in the back. And guys, don't forget the little $5 Bibles for the soldiers. God bless you and we hope you have a great week. Yeah.